Today, we're going to um, continue in our series on the book of 1 John. So today is week eight now of our series. So we have officially been in this for a few months and we have three more messages today included. And so we still have some work to do, some things to unpack and just see what God is really trying to speak into our hearts. And if you were here last week, you know that we talked about a really, really important subject when it comes to the book of First John. And in fact, I think you could probably argue that this is really the most important subject that we see as we read through this book, and that is the love of God. That's what we talked about last week is, is the love of God, what that means for us, what that looks like, how we can begin to understand this. And one of the ways that John shows us this through his letter is three simple words. He says, God is love. God is love, which seems like a really simple statement, but is something that is super profound that we need to try to understand. And so what we began to do last week is we started just by talking about that word love. What does that mean? When we say that, what exactly are we talking about? And we said that when we say love, we're talking about a, a benevolent type of love. It's, um, it's a selfless, a sacrificial type of love. It's a giving up of yourself for the benefit of another. And so when we talk about this concept as it relates to God, that's the type of love that we are talking about. That's how we are to understand this. And John says, God is that. That's who he is. In other words, that's his very nature. That's his essence. It's not just something that he does. It's who he is. That's how amazing he is. And, and we see this quite clearly as we read through scripture. Um, we, we certainly see this as we look across our lives, if we're intentional to see the different things that God has done and the things that he's given us that he didn't have to give us. We see his love so beautifully on display. And then we talked a little bit about our, just our initial response to that, how, how we are to understand that and how we are to respond. But today, what we're going to dig into is what I would say is the true response to last week's message. If God is love, if that's who he is, if that's his nature and his essence, there is one ultimate response that we are to have as his people. And that is that we would be a people of love ourselves. That is the only good and right response if we are to understand that he is love and we call him our heavenly father. This is how John puts it in chapter four, verse 11. He says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. John's logic is, is quite simple. And that is if God loves us, then we also ought to love one another. We are to imitate him. We are to reflect him. This is the, the people that we should be. And so this is what I want to talk about for the next 30 minutes or so. And so here's how we're gonna approach this. We're gonna start at the beginning by just talking about a few of the really clear truths that John lays before us as it relates to this topic. We're gonna kind of set a foundation of sorts that we can build on top of. And then we're really gonna spend most of our time today just talking about how exactly we can walk in this, 
okay? Because this is something that, that we talk a lot about. We certainly read this quite a bit in scripture, but how exactly can we live this way? How can we walk in this concept? And so that's what I wanna lay before you today. Before we do that, can we just um, bow our heads, close our eyes and, and say a word of prayer that God would speak, that he would move, that he would give you whatever it is that you need today so that you can walk out of here and be the people of love that he's called you to be. If you could pray with me. Heavenly Father, so grateful for once again, another opportunity to come and worship you and lift you up. We never wanna take that for granted. And, and we thank you for making your presence known. We are, I already believe that you've touched people, that you've already moved in people's lives. But I also believe that you have a word for us, that you want us to receive something today that's truly gonna change our perspective and allow us to walk out of here as different people. And so I pray that you would do that through your power, through your love, through your grace, for the good of your people and for the glory of your name. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here's where we're going to start. We're going to go to chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, and then we're going to stop. We're going to talk about what these things mean for us. And so if you would go ahead and follow along with me, this is what we read. It says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So these are, are just two scriptures, and they might seem really simple on the surface, but there's a lot of really important concepts that are in play here. And the first thing that we see is that John, once again, goes back to this concept that God is Love. He's going to lay this before us once again. He's reminding us this is who he is. This is his nature and his essence. But what John then immediately shows us about this idea is that this ultimately means that any true love must first come from him. So if God is love, then that means he is ultimately the source or, or the spring from which love comes about, okay? So the first thing that John is gonna show us is that love is from God. He is the source. He is the foundation of this entire concept. If we wanna know about love, if we wanna walk in love, we must first look to him. And he's gonna show us this many different ways throughout this letter, but let me give you two examples of how he points us in this direction. Let's go to chapter four, verse 10. He says, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So he says, in this is love right here. Not that we loved God, not that we are the source or the origin of it, but that he loved us. We must first look to him. A few verses later in verse number 19, he says it this way. We love because he first loved us. So, so the only way that we can love, the only way that we can walk in this is because he first loved us. So this is the first thing that, that we really have to understand about this concept. If God is love, then we can only display this. We, we can only participate in this through him. Okay, we, we cannot properly or truly love others apart from him, at, at least in the truest sense of what this word means. Now, when we hear that, 
and we begin to understand what that means, I think that can hit us a little awkwardly at first. As we begin to think about what that might mean for us and, and the people around us, I think maybe we might begin to, to question that a little bit. And so let me hit it from a, a slightly different angle. And, and let me put it this way. Um, would you really be able to truly love those who are made in the image of God without first loving the one in whose image they're created? Does that make sense? We are all made in the image of God. So would it really be possible to love other people if you don't love the one in whose image they're created? That, that doesn't seem possible to me. Here's another way of putting it. Can you really love the creation without loving the creator? Is, is that even possible to do? And I would argue that it's not. And as I began to think about this concept, this is where my mind began to go. I started to think about how this kind of plays itself out in my life. And, and sometimes um, my, my little girl, she's a three-year-old little girl. She goes to preschool every day. And sometimes she'll bring home um, a, a little picture that she has created, right? And she's three years old, so God only knows what it's gonna look like, or, right? But, but she'll bring this home. And I'm telling you, when she gives me that picture, I care about that picture. I, I will put that on the refrigerator. I will smile every time I walk by it. Why? Because I love her. I love that picture because I love her. That's why. Now, if you take that same exact picture and it was drawn by some random kid across the world, I couldn't care less about that picture, right? I'm not gonna give that a second thought, but I love that thing because I love my daughter and she loves me. And it's the same way with God. The only way we can truly love those whom he's created is if we truly want, love the one who has created them. So, so this is what we begin to understand, that love ultimately comes from God. Therefore, what John shows us is love is proof that we know God. Love is proof that we know him. Let's go back to our verse that we read earlier, verse seven. He says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. Okay, so there's the foundation. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God for God is love. So here's how John is setting this up. He says, love is from God. He's the source of this. Therefore, if we truly know him, and we've talked consistently throughout this series about what that really means. That's a, an intimate relationship, an intimate knowledge of him. If we truly know him, we will love one another. It's, it's a pretty simple formula as John lays it before us. And he goes back to this many times throughout his letter. Let me give you a few examples of this. Let's go to chapter two, verse 10. He says this, the one who loves his brother abides in the light. Now we know who the light is. Let's go to verse 11. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness. So John makes a very clear distinction between the two of these things. If you love, you are in the light. If you hate, you are in the darkness. This is the proof of who we are. Chapter three, verse 14 he says, we know that we have passed out of death into life. How? Because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides 
in death. We know that we've passed out of death into the new life that Christ has given us by how we love one another. That's the proof. That's, that's the evidence that this has indeed happened. One more example, chapter four, verse 12. He says, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. We know that God abides in us by loving one another. In fact, it says that his love is is perfected or completed in us, meaning through the outpouring of our love for others, it shows that his love has been given and completed in us. It's it's evidence. It's proof of what is really going on. I found a a quote from Albert Barnes, a, a, a theologian that I thought was really helpful here. This is what he says on the subject. He says, we claim to have the love of God in our hearts or that we are influenced and controlled by love. But however high and exalted that may seem to be as exercised toward God, it would be defective unless it led us to love our Christian brethren. True love will diffuse itself over all who come within its range and will thus become complete and entire. If you want to know about the idea of love, I would read that last sentence over again. It says, true love will diffuse itself over all who come within its range. That's the type of love that we are talking about. But I, I really think it's important to understand what he said earlier. He says, any love that we suppose to have for God would be defective if we don't love one another. It would, be, it would be faulty. It would prove to be counterfeit if it's not pouring over towards the people in our lives. Love comes from God. It's proof that we know God. And so here is John's simple determination. We should love one another. We should love one another. That is the conclusion that he comes to. This is what he says in chapter four, verse 21. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. If you love God, you should love your brother also. Now, it's important to understand how John has written this and and the language that he is using, because when he says this, he's not saying this as a suggestion. He's saying this as an assumption. In other words, he's not saying, if you love God, you should probably love your brother also. What he's saying is, if you truly love God, you will for certain love your brother also. That will happen if you truly love God. And so I could go through all of the different times throughout John's letter where he talks about loving one another, but I think you're probably convinced that this is indeed a command from Christ. I will say it might be uh, helpful to highlight chapter 3, verse 23. It's a, a very simple scripture, but one that you could just apply to your entire life. So highlight that, put it on your refrigerator, do whatever you will with it, but I think that would be helpful. But what I really want to do for the rest of our time today, again, as I mentioned earlier, is just talk about what this really looks like in our lives, okay? We, again, we talk about it a lot, but what would this really mean if we applied it to our everyday lives? And so let's, let's start with this, okay? Let's kind of go back to the very beginning of this subject, and, and let's start here. If true love, as defined by God's love, is benevolent and selfless, 
then this must be the same as it's applied to us, okay? So, so when we talk about this idea of love, even as we go through the rest of this message, I wanna make it clear that, that we're not minimizing this to just feelings and emotions, okay? We're not minimizing this to just thoughts and words. We're talking about selfless, sacrificial, self-giving type of love. That's what we're talking about. And when we define it this way, what we're going to quickly realize as we survey our lives is that loving other people is so much more profound and so much more significant than we think it is on the surface, This goes so much further than we initially think about as we read these words. In fact, one of the ways we know this is is that every single one of us falls short in this area every day of our lives. Every single day we fall short in this area. And the reason I say that is to simply show you that, that none of us fully understand the magnitude of the call that we are to love one another. None of us truly understands what that means. In fact, a lot of times we walk into a message like this and we'll think to ourselves, we've, we've heard this a million times, okay? We, we've heard it over and over again, like we get this. But the truth of the matter is, no, we don't get this. We, we don't fully understand what this command is. It's so much bigger. It's so much more than we think it is on the surface. And in fact, it might be helpful if, if for the rest of this message, maybe you would take some of the preconceived notions that you have on this topic, the things that you thought this was about, everything that you thought this to be, and maybe just kind of put them aside for a moment and see if we can't build a more sturdy foundation of what this really means. And so here's what I wanna, I wanna start with here. Um, we have to understand as people of God, as, as people who would call ourselves children of the most high God, we have to understand that loving other people is not just something we are supposed to do, Loving other people is supposed to be who we are. In other words, love is not a task, it's an identity, okay? That's such an important thing to understand. And again, we talked about this last week as it relates to God. Love isn't just something that he does. It's not just something that he displays. It's who he is to his core, and it should be the same way with us. So listen to me, everything that we do should be done in love. Everything that we do should be done in love. Now, your initial reaction might be like, okay, let's calm down, right? Let's not exaggerate this. Let's not go over the edge on this topic. But let me show you what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, 14. He says, let all that you do be done in love. Let all that you do be done in love. This this idea of selfless, sacrificial love. Everything we do should fall under this umbrella. Everything we do should come from a place of love. In fact, I would maybe um, challenge you to think through just like a typical day in your life. If you could almost just envision this in your mind, you wake up in the morning, you go throughout your morning, you go through your afternoon, your evening, the people that you encounter, the the things that you do, what might it look like if everything during that day came from a place of love? What might that look like? Like like what if you were helping your, your coworker and it was coming just from a place of sacrificial love? What would that look like? What if you encountered a stranger and and, and you treated that person just with the love of God? What might this look like if we truly walked this way? This should be the governing principle of our life, that we would love 
other people. In fact, if we go back to the Apostle Paul, watch what he says in Galatians 5, 14. He says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you wanna sum up the whole law and what it really means, this is what it comes down to. Love your neighbor as yourself. So listen, this is what he is saying. This means that love is the priority of our lives. Do you wanna know what the most important thing is? Do you wanna know what you should be focused on more than anything? It's love. That's what it means. So that means that loving other people is, is more important than your hobbies. And, and I know, trust me, by experience, how much time and energy we can put towards our hobbies and the things that we enjoy and we like to do. Listen, loving other people is so much more important than those things. In fact, we can ramp it up a level. Loving other people is more important than your career or, or your personal success. And I know how much time we spend on those things. And, and I'm not saying that, that you can't be serious about those things and spend time on those things, but just remember the priority. Loving other people is more important than these things. Like, see, when you walk out of your home every morning, the first thought going through your head should be, how can I love the people in my life today? Like, how can I just pour out the love of God on them, like deeply and, and intimately and genuinely? How can I show them the love of God? As we walk around our neighborhoods, as we drive down our streets, as we work with our peers, like that should be the focus. The focus should be the people, not the task, not the calendar, not the job. We should be focused on the people. That should be where our energy, where our time, where our efforts end up going. But here's the thing with this, and, and I would freely admit this as well, that's really tough to do. Like, like, honestly, I can stand up here and say it all day long, but the truth is that's tough, man. Like, it's tough to be intentional about that all the time. It's just tough. It, it's tough to focus on that all the time. In fact, if we're being honest, um, it, it's hard enough just to not be consumed by our little world and, and everything that's going on around us, right? It's really hard to do that alone. And it doesn't help that the whole flow of society kind of pushes us in that direction, right? That, that's where everything goes. And, and I don't mean that in like a gloom and doom, everything's falling apart type of way. But I think it's pretty clear that we live in a society that is all about serving my needs and, and putting me in the most comfortable position that I can be. And that's what everything kind of pushes us towards, whether it's just the impersonal nature by which we live these days. Like, I don't know if you think about this, but everything we do is by text or by email. Um, we can now order food and have it shipped right to our doors to where we don't even have to talk to anybody right? We, we can do self-checkout at the grocery line. Don't even have to look anybody in the eye. We can go through life without having any personal connection with anybody. That's so easy to do these days. Or, or whether you look at just the priorities that have become normal. Like, like honestly, the, the meaning of life for so many people is career and money. That, that, that's, that's everything. And, and if you ask people, they may not say that, but I guarantee you, if you looked at where most of their time and efforts go, it would show that. That is what is most important. And again, I'm not saying that that doesn't matter. I'm not saying that we should throw everything away and, and go live in a van down by the river, right? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if we're not careful, we're gonna find ourselves in this flow of society, wasting our lives away on things that don't even matter. And meanwhile, every morning that we wake up, we have opportunities right in front of us to truly impact people's lives through the love of God. 
every morning that we wake up, we have things right in front of us that truly matter, that will truly have eternal repercussions. And I just want to challenge us to not miss out on those encounters. Like, I just want to, to push us to make sure that, that we're not skipping right over those opportunities that God is giving us, but instead we would be intentional, we would, we would be focused, that we would really be doing things that matter in this life. And that is that we would be people of love, that we would just spread the love of God everywhere that we go. Everything that we do would come from that. And, and, and so as we read through this letter from John, there are a couple of different ways that he shows us we can do this that are going to be very helpful in terms of practical application. And so let's go to chapter 3, verse 18. This is what he says. He says, Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. We will know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our heart before him. This is such an important principle when it comes to true love. And that is, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. Now let's talk about what that means and what that does not mean. Okay. And so the first thing that I want to call out is John is not saying here that we shouldn't love with our words. That's, that's really not his point. So all of you love language, words of affirmation people, calm down, okay? That's not what John is saying. What he's doing here is he's laying before us a really simple equation of love that we need to pay attention to. And the first thing that he says is that love must come from the heart. It must begin in the heart. In other words, it must be truth. It, it must be genuine. And when love is genuine, it will lead to action, Words are not enough. Words are not sufficient. There has to be action behind it. And so just as faith without works is dead, so is love without action. It's, it's dead. It's counterfeit. There has to be something that it leads you to. And uh, I'll just, I'll speak for myself when it comes to kind of that definition, because I hear that concept and, and initially I'll start thinking about my friends and my family. I'll, I'll think about my wife and my kids, the people closest to me. And if I'm being honest, initially I'm like, man, I'm doing a pretty good job with, with this concept, right? Like I, I genuinely and authentically love these people from the bottom of my heart and it leads to action. In fact, I would be willing to do anything for those people. Like I'm doing a pretty good job with this topic, but I think this is the trap that we fall into, especially as Christians, especially as people who are supposed to love everybody, because we confine it to our little world and to our little context. But what if we applied that to, to like all of our coworkers? What, what if we just looked down the street and applied that to all of our neighbors? What if we applied that to everybody we walk by and everybody we drive by on the highway? Because we talk so much about loving other people, but man, rarely do we do it. Can we just be honest? I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think we so often violate the very thing that John is telling us, where we love people with our words, man. We'll talk about it all the live long day, but we rarely, if ever, step into it. And this is something that we have to fix, man. This is something that we have to, to, to be better about because true love is sacrificial. True love is going out of your way for the benefit of other people. And as Christians, we better do a better job of this if we're truly gonna reflect the love of God. We must, we must love indeed and in truth. So much deeper, so much more than we think on the surface. And if anything shows us that, all we have to do is read chapter three, verse 16. Watch what John says. 
He says, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He says, we know love by this right here, that he laid down his life for us. And so what's our response? That we would do the same, that we would lay down our lives for one another. Now, the first question that we're asking ourselves is, does that really mean what we think it means on the surface? Like, is John being literal? Well, yeah, in some cases he is. We certainly know that, that Jesus did this. He literally laid down his life for us. In fact, if you go read the accounts of, of the apostles and how they ended their lives, most of, almost all of them did this. They laid down their lives for the mission, for the purpose of Jesus. And so in some cases, it can mean that. Like that's the level of love we're talking about. But this does also go beyond that as well because the idea of laying down your life is, is something that encompasses everything you are and everything that you have. Like when the Bible says that we are to be living sacrifices, that's what it's talking about. That every moment of every day, we would be willing to lay our lives down for one another. And, and he points to Jesus as the example, right? Over and over again, he'll continue to point us back to him. In fact, if we go to the gospel of John, we see the very words of Jesus in chapter 13. This is what he says. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Now just think about that for a second. Jesus says, just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And, and so as we read through the gospels, I think it's important that we understand that, that Jesus is our ultimate example, that he is the one that we are to follow after. He is the one that we are to imitate. And if you read through these stories and the accounts of his life, what you're very quickly gonna see is that Jesus lives such a love-focused life, such a love-focused life. In fact, loving other people truly was his mission and purpose every moment that he was on earth. Let me say that again so that we understand as people who are supposed to follow after him. Loving other people truly was his mission and his purpose every moment that he walked this earth. That's who he was, and that's who we are to follow after. In fact, it's interesting to me as we read through the different stories of Jesus' life, it's almost like he was distracted by his love for other people. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but it's almost like he had love ADD where he was just constantly pouring out his love on everybody. It was, it was amazing. I mean, we read about times where he would be headed to an appointment or an engagement and he would get distracted by, by somebody who was sick that he, he had to heal, right? He would get distracted by his love for this person. We see about a, a time where he was headed to an annual festival and he gets distracted by a crippled man who needs his help. In fact, how many stories do we read where Jesus is going to heal somebody and gets distracted by somebody else who needs to be healed. Like constantly, he's just pouring his love on other people. And, and I think the most underrated aspect of Jesus's love is, is how inconvenient it was for him. And, and I know that sounds negative on the surface, but I don't mean it that way. What I mean is he always went out of his way to help other people. I mean, you wanna talk about self-giving self-sacrifice, all you have to do is look at Jesus. We read about a time where he takes his disciples, he travels across the whole Sea of Galilee just to heal one man and then heads right back. 
We're talking about a long, long journey just to take care of one person. We read about times where he would take the long way to and from just to encounter people and help people. I mean, he was constantly on the move for the benefit of other people. This is who he was. And so my question is, what if our lives look like that? What if that was truly our life's mission? What if that's what we cared about? What if that's what we prioritized? What if that's what we were given to? Like we didn't care if it inconvenienced us. We don't care if it takes us out of our way and away from our schedule. We gotta love other people. This is the priority. This is what we care about. This is what matters. What if, what if, what if we just wanted to be remembered by how much we loved other people, how selfless we were? Because listen, what I said from the beginning is that love comes from God that he is the source of this. We have to understand that when we love other people, what we're ultimately doing is pointing them to him. Like you have to understand through your kindness, through your generosity, through your sacrifice, what you are doing at times is introducing people to the God of this universe. We have to understand the impact and the significance of this because it's not about us. It's not about what people think about us. It's about what they think of him. And man, we have to display his love to everybody. It's a new perspective. It's a different way of living. It's a different way of thinking. We need to lay our lives down for one another. That's what he desires. Can you stand with me? So here's how I want to, to end this today. And this is gonna be um, different than, than how I would typically end a message. Um, so I, I will say that from the beginning. But this is one of those messages where, as I said earlier, um, I have to think that we've all heard this before. I have to think that we see quite clearly that Jesus's command to us is to love one another. We, we generally on the surface understand this concept, but yet it's something that we're just not walking in. It's something that we're not truly living out. And so I want to do two things to end this message. And the first thing is, I want to challenge you, okay? I want to challenge you that before you would even leave this place, that you would show love for somebody else in this building. Before you even walk out of here, that you would be intentional about showing your love to somebody else in this place. And, and what I'm about to say kind of violates how we approach things at times. But even if this is your very first time being here and you don't know a soul in this place, I wanna challenge you before you leave, step out in love. Even if it's just one of our guest services people, just, just tell them how great a job they're doing and how God is using them. Whatever it is, I want us to step out before we even leave, step out in love. And I'm not asking you to do that flippantly. Like I'm not asking you to just do random things. I want you to be intentional, like survey the room, ask God who he wants you to speak to and just walk in this before we even get on with the rest of our day. And then here's the second thing that I wanna do because this is something that, that we have to rely upon God for. Again, if he is the source, if he is the foundation, we're gonna have to rely upon him and him alone. This is not about just trying harder or being better. No, we have to rely and submit to him. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray over you guys. I wanna pray over you that you would have a different perspective. That as you leave this place and you go throughout the rest of your day and the, the rest of your week, 
that God would just begin to show you what it looks like to live a life of love. What it really means to to step out of your comfort zone for the benefit of somebody else. Maybe what it really means to use that spiritual gift within you that he's trying to display for the good of other people. That he would just begin to, to stir and churn in you in that type of way. And so if you could just bow your heads right now. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. I just want to first off say how much I love you, how much I adore you for who you are, for what you've done. You are so good. Thank you for everything that you've given me. I don't deserve any of it, but thank you. And I give you all the credit and all the glory. And right now I pray over everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray that you would change their hearts. That you would change their perspective into a perspective of love. That we would truly be a people who honor what the Apostle Paul said, that we would let all that we do be done in love. I'm talking about every step we take, every interaction that we have, every place that we enter, that all that we do would be done in love. I ask that that you would not just let this be a theory just a a random principle that we know in our minds, but that this would grip our hearts. That this is something that we would live by, that this is something that we would prioritize, that this is something that we would walk in. And if we're struggling with that, God, I pray that you would draw us closer and closer and closer to you, who is the very source and foundation of love. for those that may not know you, that you would open their hearts to see you for who you are, to give their lives to you. And that as we draw closer, as we get to know you better, God, that your love would just pour out of us everywhere that we go. That the fruit of the spirit would be on display everywhere that we go. Not for us, not for our benefit, but for you and for the benefit of those around us. God, that your love would be on display and that we would go through this life from beginning to end, spreading, showing, displaying the love that you have for us. This is my prayer. This is what I ask in the name of Jesus.